to welcome the founder of Wall Street Bets, Jamie Rogozinski on. How are you doing, man? Good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. So we're going to kind of talk to him a little bit about, um, you know, the beginning of Wall Street Bets, what he kind of expected to happen with it. Did he expect it to blow up like this? Uh, he wrote a book. We're going to talk a little bit about that. He's into NFTs, crypto, that kind of stuff. We just want to give him kind of a, a moment to talk a lot about what he's doing at the moment, what he feels about Wall Street Bets, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think, I think Ant has a few questions for him to start off with. Yeah. Sure, let's go. Yeah, first thing, obviously, it's nice to meet you, and uh, we really appreciate having you on. Um, but the first thing I want to say is kind of how did you get into maybe the market, investing, um, social media, and, and that kind of thing? So I got started in the market, you know, I, I, I was always aware and I was always interested in it. Uh, probably my first time that I got involved was like when Google did its IPO. This is back in like 2006-ish, five, six, seven, right around then. And uh, back then it was like a royal pain in the butt. Like I had $1,000 to spare, right? And this is what I wanted to invest, which <clears throat> at the time uh, Google had its IPO, it was like three shares worth. They were around 300 bucks a share. So I had to like call my bank and ask them if they could do stocks. And they said, yes, but you have to do these things and pay $30 commission to buy it and $30 commission to sell. So that's 6% <laughs> of my profit for those of you that aren't quick with math. Um, you know, and so it was, it was probably the first time that I dabbled with it. And then, yeah, I followed it on and off for, for a few years. And then um, in 2010, 2009, I lost my, uh, my job, the company that I was working with in finance, uh, went bankrupt to the, due to the, uh, financial crisis. So, uh, so I was unemployed for a while. I was kind of feeling the hurt. And then I got a really good job that was paying me really well. And I had my, found myself with a lot of disposable income. And I said, okay, now I'm going to sell my, save myself a big, big ass nest egg to make sure this doesn't happen again. So, uh, so I took a different approach to the market. By then, there was more discount brokers, not quite free and like Robinhood, but they were just really cheap, like a couple of dollars uh, commission or a couple of dollars for options. And that's when I really started getting involved. And that's right around the time I started Wall Street Bets. So that kind of leads into another question I had is, so before Wall Street Bets, is, is this what you were doing full time? No, no, I was working at a bank full time. So I didn't... This was never a full-time job, really. Um, it was always just a hobby. Like Wall Street Bets was a community that I started on Reddit because I was looking for people that were like-minded. You have places online that talk about investing. So this is like buy and hold, diversified, low commission, you know, um, ETFs that are like indexes. Uh, or you had like professional day traders that are like technical traders. They're the ones that draw charts on the screen and whatnot. It wasn't quite a place where people could come and teach and learn about let's take some chances. I'm not here to invest long-term. I'm here to make some short-term money. And so, so the community was really built around that idea of trying to get people to come and uh, yeah. And we could learn about this thing from each other. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just crazy to think about how, how big it became and, <clears throat> and all that. Um, the last question I have is it's, it's a not so serious question. Um, what, what kind of hobbies do you have maybe outside of, of what you are doing now? Something that maybe people don't really know or wouldn't know about you? I don't know. Like ever since I had, I have four year old twins. And so they have replaced pretty much every, every little bit of my extra time that I, that I used to have. Um, But back when I did used to have extra time, I was a huge fan of, of just the outdoors. Like I loved, lived in Utah for a while. And that place is a gem. Like 80% of the land in Utah is owned by the state. And the rule is anybody can use it. You know, you have to just respect the land and, you can literally just drive on the highway and just, if your car can handle it, you can just pull off, right. And just drive off road and then pitch a tent and put a campfire and you can shoot skeets with a shotgun. Like it's just, it's a lot of fun. So I really got into that. Um, the outdoorsy things and the obviously national parks are beautiful there. And so that's, that's probably one of my favorite hobbies. So I graduate in three weeks and I'm thinking about, moving like far away i live in iowa right now so middle of buttfuck nowhere now i'm thinking about moving like somewhere and one of my top three places is utah um i grew up in colorado so i like like the area i know about utah a little bit where's like a dope place to like kind of just be in the middle of everywhere where you can just you know like drive to the cool spots drive to the secluded spots where would you recommend i guess yeah, so uh, Utah's like the most underrated state in the entire country. And I've lived D.C., Boston, Chicago, um, California, San Jose. I've, I've been I've been around. And by far, Utah was probably the one that I was least excited about going into it and the most excited about it once I lived there. So uh, so that that gets my vote of approval. You know, it's it's an interesting state. If you want like a place to live, I found living in Park City. I ended up living in Salt Lake City and then right right south of the valley in different spots. But uh, Park City is like a ski resort, which you're probably more um, familiar with. And th- this is like a seasonal town where you just have people from all over the world come in on a yearly basis. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and you're close enough to Salt Lake City so that you can, you know, if, if you work in a city or if that's something that's important or if you work from home, then it doesn't really matter. So I would yeah. recommend there. And then you can just head out wherever you want. Like the whole place is secluded. I mean, they have like there's a, a mountain called King's Peak, which is the highest mountain there. I don't think it's 14,000, but it's pretty darn close to it. Um, you know, if you go down south, you get a lot of the deserts. You got Moab, Canyonlands. Um uh, what's it's the one that I really liked? Uh, Zion, Zion National Park is absolutely awesome. But just if you, the whole thing there. is just, you won't bump into people. You just go. Yeah, that's the beauty of those like out west states. Like that's why I'm looking is getting somewhere where you can go places where you're not going to run into people. Because where I'm at now, it's like there's nowhere around me that I can just like go to and you know be able to pitch a tent where I want to. Like that's the beauty of Colorado, Utah, that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask you about the book that you wrote. Uh, I, I did some Googling. I saw that you wrote a book. So I just want to give you you know, a chance to just explain a little bit of it. I just want to hear about it because I was looking at ordering a copy, just giving it a read. Yeah, so I wrote this book in 2019, and then it published like January of 2020. So right before the pandemic started. Uh, and I'd been, I'd been motivated to share some of my ideas. Like when I started Wall Street Bets, I gotten really into them to, to the market and a lot of a lot of these instruments that exist. And 
these leverage DTFs and all sorts of stuff that you can buy options on top of it. It was just like, and I was still kind of burnt from the, from having lost my job. And so I, I just had a lot of different mixed emotions and I felt like getting a lot of these ideas out there. I ended up starting wall street bets instead, but I held on to these ideas. Uh, and, and it, it was good because a lot of these ideas progressed And the book is about this latest uh, demographic of market participants, right? These are the meme traders, the thumb traders, whatever, you know, the millennials, Gen Z's. These are these younger ones that take that, and get, that, that really have an appetite for risk and they really try to exploit things in a way that they can profit from, right? So this was obviously before GameStop and all these other things, but I, but I picked out some examples of them figuring out how they do have some advantages and exploited it to their own benefit you know, and I was able to make some other predictions that came true a lot faster than I thought they would because I figured these, these trends were slow to play out, but the pandemic sped them up. Uh, but things like breaking the stock market, the brokerage system, this is something that happened directly as a result of GameStop when brokers had to stop trading, um, you know, just because that the, the system wasn't meant to handle this type of <laughs> risk-hungry individuals. And so it just goes through the different tendencies, these young demographics, how they take on the mar market. And it uses examples throughout the years of stories of, of people from Wall Street Bets that had just done some really funny things. Some people had accidentally made a hundred grand, like they didn't realize what they did or, you know, that they would make a million and then lose it. Like, yeah. uh, but, but really, really clever. And, and I use those stories to kind of highlight the different components of, of the story. That's cool. That's cool. Do you have an opinion kind of on the uh, how Robinhood shut down trading on GameStop? What do you think about that? Because that was a huge issue back, what was that, six, eight months ago when that happened? Maybe longer, maybe 10, 12 months. But when that happened, what do you think about it? Uh, I was actually asked about it on the air. Like I was on like CNN or Fox News and I hadn't heard about it until the anchor <laughs> was like, so, you know, break just in, in my ear. They're telling me that Robin had stopped trading. Jamie, what do you <laughs> think about this? Since you've clearly spent a lot of time thinking about this. <laughs> um, no, like, look, my answer then on the air is pretty similar to what it is now. I said, look, I haven't heard of anything, but I doubt that it was Robin Hood maliciously trying to do anything. Uh, as it turns out, as we got to hear from the congressional hearings, it was not Robin Hood per se. It wasn't it wasn't this one broker. All brokers in the U.S. Uh, had to restrict trading on these so-called meme stocks. And this is because of a collateral requirement uh, that's that's asked for by the clearinghouses and this two day settlement process. Like there's a whole system that's archaic that is that has been inherited from the days that that, that physical stock certificates were carried by horseback across Manhattan. Um, that that in a really screwed up kind of way ended up leading to these brokerages. Uh, Robin had had to come up with $3 billion overnight in order to continue allowing uh, trading GameStop. And they did come up with $3 billion overnight, <laughs> <That's nuts>. <laughs> which That's is not an easy thing to do. Right. But they get the brunt of this because they're obviously the biggest broker. And so, you know, the, the, the one that had the most complaints filed against it were the, was the most popular one that was doing this GameStop. Um, but you know, they did what they could, they might've been able to do things better, but I, I, it was a regulatory issue. And then after having these hearings, I'm hoping that these regulators actually fix this. Yeah. Give it some actual legislation in place or something like that. Yeah. Um, a uh, quick little, quick little question before we transition into kind of talking about what you like to invest in now, do you have a drink of choice? 
I don't really drink anymore, but I do enjoy a good pina colada when I'm in the beach. Oh, dude, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds right up your alley. Dude, that yeah. sounds fucking awesome. A little, a little fruity drink on the beach. I was on the beach, uh, when was that? A couple months ago. And I had a pina colada, but it had, what did it have? I think it had like cherry in it too. And I didn't expect it to be very good, but oh, it was so good. So good. And what's your drink of choice? I don't my, think I've asked you. My that. drink of choice? Um, yeah. Probably a mojito. Like I'm going to get, I might get flamed for that because people think it's girly, but I mean, if you dude, make I it mean, from, from like working at a bar, dude, like when we would make them, they're so good. Dude, they are so good with the little mint. In it. He said pina colada. You can't get flamed for pina colada. Oh pina no, colada. but they're I mean, so we, we will, but they're so good. somebody's going like, to say bush light and that's it. So dude, yeah. Bush light sucks. It tastes like water. Um, I think, I think my drink of choice, let me think about this for a second. Oh man. I would say whiskey sour if I was around a bunch of manly men, but I can go for a strawberry margarita any time of day. As oh, long as it tastes good, margarita. dude. Yeah, for real. Um, I think we want to transition then into uh, a little NFT talk. I know me personally, my my profile picture on, on Twitter is an NFT that somebody made of me. And um, uh, I'd say a few months ago, Teddy and I personally didn't really know anything about NFTs. Um, and I kind of had a question for you in regards to like where do you see nfts being in five ten years like do you like do you think they have a place yeah i mean they're definitely do i think that's being defined as, as we speak there's like a lot of different applications like nfts are just like a like a file a data file that's really what they are i mean they most frequently get associated with picture files. And so that's where some of the explanations start delving out. But people trying to explain NFTs to others, they have to try and use analogies and they'll say, well, it's like the artist, like Picasso. And if you drew it, you can you know, verify the chain of custody. And it's kind of that, that doesn't really do it justice. NFTs is like a, it's, it's a, a file that is non-fungible, that is owned and it lives on the blockchain with a lot of those blockchain properties or even, you know, even more so than your, your average token. So the applications, I don't think our imaginations have fully uh, allowed for us to really think of what we can do with them. I think this, this phase we're in right now where people come up with these 10,000 computer generated um, NFTs and try to build some communities. I think it's interesting, right? Like it's turned crowdfunding on its head. It's, it's reversed the order. Uh, but, but I think it is a phase that's going to die off, but there's, there's a lot of components of the NFTs that are going to stick around from these 10,000 collection communities that, that end up built to potentially crowdfunding games or other types of software, or, or obviously the metaverse is the next thing collectibles, obviously. Um, but I, I, I really don't pretend to know five years from now, how they're going to be used. I just know that they're going to be used in a lot more ways than what we're using today. Now, do you have, do you have any specific favorites? Um, favorite NFTs maybe? Well, I like, we, I just released uh, the diamond hands NFT. I'm a huge fan of that, right? Like we're, mm-hmm. we're jam packing utility. In fact, we're having this party this, this weekend at Miami uh, for our Basel, which is exclusive only to these NFT holders. That's uh, cool. And That's it's sweet. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Like we have a lot of VIPs. You're either a VIP and get invited that way, or you're an NFT holder. And like there is a lot of people that are coming. I mean, Jordan Belfort, Brittany Kaiser, Wendy O. Um, 
Dang. Like a, bu- a bunch of people, I, I have to go off the top of my head, but these are all confirmed guests and it's just, and when we got sponsorship money, so we're going to spend a fucking buttload of money on this thing. You're it's going to be a lot of fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably not a bad idea. So, you know, so I like that one, but as far as which was like, you know, I've, I've gotten into a bunch of them. I don't know that I have a, a favorite one right now per se, uh, I, I really like these incognito ones. I don't know why I like them so much and they were really popular for a while and they died down, died down, but I still, I still really like them, I guess. Um, but there's just a bunch of projects that are popping up here and there. I'm, I'm jealous of the board ape yacht club, not because of what they're worth or whatever, but because of the community and the, the ability to do a lot with it now, because the price yeah. is so high they have a budget to do really neat stuff. So I think that's really cool. And I think they're going to try and set the precedent for what's going to happen with these projects. Yeah. I've seen a few pictures of them on, on Twitter and stuff. I'm not really, I haven't really done anything with NFTs. I I've kind of conservative with my investing strategy, but um, I wanted to kind of delve into it more because I know a lot of people are making good money and it's a really cool kind of futuristic thing. But uh, and have you done anything with NFTs? Like, do you know much about them? Have you invested in any of them? Right <sighs> Um, I haven't personally invested. Like I said, I've had that person that made the one for me, which is he's actually made me a couple of them. Um, but no, no investing. But I, I love art, and I I feel like there's two sides to it. There's people that are trying to flip them for money, and then there's people that are are actually fans of art. Um, and I feel like it's in a weird like you're we're in a weird stage here where um, you have the people that are just flipping them, and then the people that actually enjoy the art. Um, so like. Yeah, so th- those are actually two two separate and correctly categorized um, uses of NFTs, and they're both coexisting. I don't think that they're competing with each other. Like you have collectors, and they're selling their collector's items, and then you have the people that are literally just you know. And right now the market's so hot, you don't even need to know what you're doing. You just buy an NFT and then sell it the next day and make money. And it's yeah. and it's kind of a really risky gambit because that music's going to stop. Um, yeah. Do you have? Um- any kind of like favorite investments or trades that you're involved in right now or recently? I don't know if I don't, <laughs> I don't really get committed to my trades. <laughs> if yeah. I had a favorite trade, I would already be in danger of losing money because <laughs> then I wouldn't <laughs> want to let go of it. Right. Yeah. Um, by, by definition, if you're trading, um, if you're trading frequently and you figure out how to trade at least a certain style, my style, which is a little more technical, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, my trades can just be seconds, minutes, hours long, and I forget what they were by tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when it comes to long-term investing, like just diversify <laughs> low commission ETFs, whatever. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's, that's the best way to go kind of for those long-term is just diversify into exactly what you said, those long-term ETFs. Um, do you, are you a crypto believer? Are you really, are you into crypto? I guess is the right question. Um, because I, I feel like there's kind of two sides of people who invest people who are bulls on crypto and people who are bears on crypto long-term. So what's your stance on crypto? Yeah, I don't understand the question, but I'll answer it anyway. So, you know, what, is, what does it mean to be bear on crypto? If being bear on crypto means you think the value of these coins is going to go down, uh, or up, then I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. Uh, I made the mistake of assuming that those were my two choices for the past like 10 years. 
that either I think the coins will go up or I think the coins will go down. And for that reason, I found them to be uninteresting. And for that reason, I regret heavily not reevaluating that stance because crypto is so much more than just coins, yeah. right? And like this world of DeFi that I just opened my eyes to this past year has blown me away with how insanely creative and sophisticated and elegant these tools are that, that, that create these financial instruments that, that are able to interact with the real world and the real stock market or the real anything, just things with numbers that can be traded. I, I could get lost in this particular answer. So I'm insanely bullish on all things crypto technology related. So DeFi, you know, and, and some of these, you know, NFTs is kind of a byproduct of these things. A lot of this Web 3.0, uh, I'm very bullish on that bullish on coins, well, they're going to go up. You know, they're going to go up because the adoption is going to continue increasing. Most of them have a limited supply. You know, they all kind of vary a little bit, but the big ones all have this this um, control of supply in place. And so you have the demand and supply. And so the, the value is going to go up and you'll have fluctuations and you'll have countries that say, I'm going to ban this crypto and then they go down. And then some other country says, I'm going to make it my national legal tender. And then it goes up. And, um I have no doubt they're going to go up. Which ones, you know, there's a couple of big ones that obviously are, are going to be the the ones that, that are already got their foot in the door. There's a bunch of smaller ones that I'm sure have a good shot, but I don't really, I don't really get into the, this coin or that coin or Solana or whatever, you know, like it's, it's the, as a whole, I think it's very, very bullish. So the technology, what I'm understanding is the technology that crypto provides is something that you think is absolutely, um, going to be useful in the future it already is yeah like they've redefined you know like for anyone that i don't know how sophisticated your audience is but when you trade in the stock market you have a broker you have this mechanism that's called an order book you have people trying to buy and then you have people trying to sell right and it's when those two people come together that that price gets announced to the world you know, and so if I have my shares of Apple and I'm only willing to share the sell them at like, I don't know what they're trading at now, but let's just go with a hundred, right? And uh, and I'm willing to sell to you for a hundred, but you're like, no, I'm only willing to buy it for 99. Then no tree gets made, but eventually somebody comes in and buys it for a hundred. And so then that's the price it gets listed. That concept has been, exists in the, 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 the crypto world, but there's also like an automated market maker whereby, it changes the mechanism with, with exchanges. And I think it has a lot of really positive benefits. It has some drawdowns, but it's got a lot of really cool things. Some of these smart contract-based ETFs are insanely sophisticated that allow really smart logic that um, that's missing from normal Wall Street. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've seen a lot of, I've tried to read up on crypto, but I'm not the most educated person on crypto, I'll be honest. Um, but I know that there's a lot of people, really, really smart people, um, yourself included, that are really, really uh, basically telling me, pounding it in my head that it's it's here and it's it's going to keep continuing to take over. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, the only I'd like to just touch on that quick. I see people saying things like uh, you see every day. Oh, uh, crypto is not going to last long term. It like threatens uh, like currency currencies. And I, I just feel like that's. Uh, complete bullshit like like jamie said it's it's no doubt in my mind that crypto is here to stay and especially the tech and we're like we talk with our buddy zach who's uh 
created his own coin and different things. And just the process behind that is crazy to me. But um, I wanted to ask you about this potential uh, Wall Street Bets movie. I've seen I've seen talk of it. I've seen rumors. Um, is that a, a possibility in the future? If you can talk about that. Yeah. So I uh, I signed my life rights to um, to a production studio earlier this year. So there's most certainly going to be right now they've finished filming the uh, documentary for the most part there. I think they've moved on to the editing phase. And so um, sometime next year, you'll, you'll be able to see that documentary and shortly thereafter, they'll start working on the movie. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not only a possibility, it's a reality. That's awesome. That's, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> just, that's super like cool. the first of its kind. That's like, you know what I mean? That something like this has never happened and, to, to be the first of its kind that's I mean I'm sure that's something you're proud of and um, excited for that in the future absolutely um, and I had another question regarding uh, Wall Street bets um, outside of the generic like the generic answer of um, the worst the best and worst thing Wall Street bets has provided is the the vehicle to make and lose money um, what what in your mind would be the best thing Wall Street bets? Uh, provides and the worst thing that Wall Street Bets provides to people or to me to to people in general. You know, it's it's a it's a conduit for learning. Finance for for so long. Finance has been this esoteric, complex. There's the hide behind these like fancy words, and they say, "Oh no, this is a mortgage-backed security with collateralized debt obligation and the swap for the interest rate." Like it's just words is just jargon for stuff that normal people seriously do understand. It's I give you an apple, you give me a banana. No, now I'll give you two apples for the banana. Like that's it. That's it. That's the concept of the market. And then you just build on that. Then all of a sudden you give people an IOU and then that has a fancy word for it. And then blah, blah, blah. So for too long, it's just been this invite only club and Wall Street bets kind of demystifies a lot of these things and says, dude, you want to get into stocks, you want to get into finance investing, because it's not only stocks, it's mostly stocks, but it's, let me teach you how to make some money real quick. Let me teach you how to think about money differently, right? Like, let me, if you want to do a short-term gamble or investment or YOLO or whatever you want to do, there's going to be an upcoming earnings call. And let me tell you what that means, right? And that means that the, usually this prices go crazy. So, you know, it's an all or nothing bet, but if you do it this way, blah, blah, blah. So that gets people engaged and they try it and they'll lose money and they'll make money and maybe they'll do both and who knows how they'll end up, but they'll be more empowered and there's going to be less fear of this concept. And all of a sudden you have people saying, you know what, I think I'll handle my own retirement account. Thank you very much. Yeah, and and you touched on it, but I think it's pretty like you see the, the these people that say, "Oh, Wall Street bets is just gambling," and the people that say that, I think it's pretty ignorant because I've been there, I've been on Wall Street bets, I've seen the the like the putting your foot forward to actually teach, and and you can go there and learn, and then at some point go off on your own, and and it's not just oh, people throwing money at whatever and gambling away. I think that you get a that big misconception. So yeah, there's well, a lot of. Go ahead, sorry. I, I don't know that there's a huge distinction between gambling and investing, right? Like it's a threshold of how much you're willing to lose and how much you're hoping to make. And it's like a, literally it's a setting, right? On a math formula, you can get your master's in finance and you learn that risk and return are going hand in hand. And certain types of investors 
are really low risk and they're cool with low returns. And that's perfectly okay. Their time horizon is like 30 years out. So they better have a very low tolerance for risk, but you can start dialing that thing up. And then all of a sudden you start calling it gambling. Well, the investors are also gambling. They're hoping that these things go up. They're, they're, they're counting on all sorts of different precedents that have been set. So I, I don't know that that word magically kicks in once you're like risk is 15% or 20% or 50% or a hundred percent or 2%. Like, where is it gambling? Yeah. It's all kind of, there's all gambling is just percentages. Um, so I kind of agree with you there. There's, I've been in wall street bets too. And the kind of investing trading, whatever you want to call it that I do is kind of um, due diligence based company fundamentals uh, talk about like numbers, earnings, that kind of stuff, revenue. There's a lot of good work that gets done there. Um, there's a lot of people will talk about like the bad stuff as in like they, they gamble um, or they, you know, they do these crazy options stuff, but there's a lot of like good DD and uh, information that's passed around there before they take the trade. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, people can get what they want out of it. You know, people have their own risk tolerance. Everyone can learn about what everyone else is doing. There's nothing wrong about reading about the gamblers because you can learn a lot about their thought process as well, which you can then adapt to your style and vice versa. The gamblers can learn from the fundamental guys and like adapt that to their style. Uh, but, you know, you really take what you want out of it and try to make it your own. And everyone's situation is differently. And at the end of the day, some people can afford to just do all or nothing with ridiculous accounts. And some people choose to leave most of their money in a more uh, responsible or less volatile portfolio. And maybe they'll take some side money and, and make a couple of wagers with that. Yeah. Well, right before we wrap it up here, I got two questions for you. The first one is, what's your most unpopular opinion? Uh, we like to hear that from all of our guests. Like you got something that's just like crazy because mine is that golden retrievers aren't cute and you might be offended by that. People hate that that's my most unpopular opinion, but that's what it is. So, uh, so I have my most unpopular opinion. Was, I, it's easy for me to come up with these stock-based ones, I guess. I mean, like for, for one, <laughs> uh, least popular in my audience and demographic is that investing long-term diversified with low commission ETFs is really the responsible way to make money. And it's the way that I have most of my money uh, tucked away. Uh, and then, and then the, the second one, which is another one that goes towards the investors um, uh, pieces of wisdom is usually they say you should be greedy when people are fearful and fearful, fearful when people are greedy this is from Warren Buffett. Uh, I think the opposite. I think you should be greedy when everyone's greedy and then be fearful with everyone's fearful because that means you're going with the trend and, uh, and it seems to pay off a lot more frequently than the other. Yeah, I agree with that. It's kind of like um, if you're trading something and it's in an uptrend, that's a really strong uptrend. Like, why would you not ride the boat for a little bit there rather than trying to predict that it's going to break downwards? Yep. Um, and then the last question we got for you is what is your kind of last advice? Do you have anything that you want to say to the listeners? Anything that you just want to pass around some wisdom? Nah, just have fun. Like, don't be afraid. Go in there. Nowadays, everything is set up such that you really need no minimum anything. So take some, if you're looking to get into money and finance and trading or whatever, whether it's crypto or stocks, like you can do it with any amount now. So take whatever you're comfortable with and just, just, just click buttons, just go into it and see what happens. You know, you'll lose, you lose that money. That, that's the worst case scenario, but you learn a little something along the way. And then, and then you'll realize that you you'll, you'll be pulled into learning the things that you want to learn that best suits you. Yeah. 
yeah that's awesome that's great well advice. we want to thank you thank you for coming on jamie um it was yeah. awesome and uh maybe we'll have you on again in the future after your movie or something absolutely thank you guys very much yeah thank you so much welcome everyone to the season two of the halt welcome to the uh the episode one this is our first episode of season two and uh aunt how are you doing i'm good dude i missed you it's been a while it's been like a month Man, we we haven't like we haven't kept up in between seasons as much as we should be. It's, we talk like every day on text and stuff, but we haven't like hung out on like you know Discord or anything in a while. It's so hard, dude, with the combination of Discord, being in Discord, being doing schoolwork, doing like the holidays. It's it's been rough. Just yeah, trying to like catch up. You had like a twenty person Thanksgiving a few days ago, dude. This weekend, right? Uh, yeah, I had a bunch of my friends over, so I think it ended up being like 16 people. And, uh, of course, I was the one that cooked for, for that. Um, a couple of my buddies brought, like, dishes and stuff. But, dude, I literally started cooking at, like, 11, and I probably was cooking until 6.30. Like, Damn, like constant, like, constant. That's a full day. But, that's d- a, dude. That's a shift. It's, so, like, I have respect for any, like, gram mom that do holidays or uh, even <laughs> if a dad's doing, like, to time everything correctly in sync and keep everything warm is, like, like, my oven's only so big. Yeah. There's, like, 10 dishes. How the <laughs> hell do I keep, yeah, I was, like, oh, my God, I was so and stressed. And, I mean, everybody sees your fucking dishes on Twitter, man. Like, you're not cooking, like, easy shit. Like, you're cooking, like, some good-ass stuff. Yeah, dude, we gotta do, we gotta do, like, a cooking live stream once. That'd be so fun. Just to do yeah. like, <laughs> to do something talking. like make a Twitch and just make a like make something <laughs> the same thing. Dude, that'd be so fun! Like have like a, a live YouTube of us like both trying to make chicken parm or yeah, something. yeah, that just looks better. Yeah, dude, it sucks. <laughs> you gotta like cut off all Italian stuff though, because you're like you're like fucking okay. Italian. You know the Italian stuff. So are we gonna do something like no like no recipe? You gotta like figure it out. Yeah, like like okay. Oh, dude, we could even do it where like we get the people to decide what we make and then me and you have like 30 minutes go to the store come back an hour go to the store come back dude that'd be so fun start the stream that'd be so fun um it sucks we live so far away from each other i'd say just come over (laughs) i know dude um, i mean man we gotta we gotta like we're gonna definitely do an in-person we've been saying that for a while but we definitely gotta do in-person episode and shit yeah it's okay once we're done with school and shit finally dude aren't we both almost done I have another semester. I don't. I think yeah. you're done. Are you done this semester? I'm done. I, let me look at the date right now. It's eleven twenty-three. So I have like three weeks of class left, and then I'm graduated and fucking done. Yeah, that's gonna I'll feel come so visit good. You then, bro. I'll come visit you then when you're you're still be in school, but I'll be fucking free ball, free man right there. I I got a bedroom for you. I got three bedrooms, so. Oh yeah, dude. I might live with you then. Shit. <laughs> Never sit. go back. Yeah. All right, everybody. So give us a like, give us a subscribe, um, give us a follow on Twitter at the Halt Podcast. Um, it really helps us if you guys give us a like. Uh, it helps spread our video. Comment if you like something. Comment if you dislike something. Whatever it is, just comment down there below too. Uh, this season is going to be, you know, a little bit different than the first season. First season was beginner. This season is going to be a little bit more in depth. We're going to kind of talk. I guess a little bit deeper about things. So if you guys need more beginner stuff, we have a season one. That's why we did it that way. We wanted season one to be a little simple. So go back, listen to season one. There's a ton of great traders on there, but 
Season two, we're going to progress a little bit forward, and we're also moving a little bit towards interviews with non-traders. So we already have lined up a few. We have like a rapper lined up. Um, we're going to have some lifestyle people lined up that are just going to be cool people to talk to. And we're really interested in that because it's something that we can kind of use to push our podcast forward because the stock community is only so big. Uh, there will be stocks discussed every single podcast, every single episode, no matter what. Uh, because that's what we do. That's our job. But some of the episodes will be based around guests who aren't, aren't stock people, which is cool. Um, so yeah, just just remember, if you need beginner stuff, season one, I'm going to tweet that about 500 times. If you're a beginner, go listen to season one of the hall, go listen to my podcast, that kind of stuff. So this season, um, I know we want to talk a little more about options too, because Ant and I have been doing options quite a bit more. I think Shark and Rodessa kind of got us on the dark side. Yeah, dude, I've been so mean. You've talked before, like before we ever even started the podcast about like getting more into options. And I know you've been playing options for a bit. <clears throat> I just started getting in, like playing them consistently, like every day, um, maybe for like three, four weeks now. I kind of was playing them like under the radar, not like I wasn't comfortable yet calling plays or putting anything out for people. Like that would be pretty irresponsible if I was just starting options and putting plays out. Um, but I started actually putting out an options watch list for my, for my discord. Um, and they've actually been doing pretty well. Um, it's, it's funny because you see people that tell you, Oh, options will blow your account up and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, it's true. Like options are very risky, but, um, they're also very manageable. So I can't wait to like start to get more into options and like with the podcast, talk more about options and stuff like that. I agree, man. I'm uh, I'm starting an options small account challenge this week, actually, or I think it's the 29th is when I'm going to start it. I'm starting with like five or 600 bucks um, because I have a lot of people in my Discord that, you know, don't have a ton of money and they want to learn options because it's the easiest way to compound gains quickly is with options. Uh, if you're willing for like the long game, then options might be a little bit high risk for you. But um, there's a ton of people that wanted to uh, see what, how I do it because I've been doing it um, options probably six months now, but I've only been alerting them one month or, you know, two weeks, maybe even like I've been trading AMC spy and QQQ for six months. And I've just now felt confident enough to alert it to my discord after yeah, six or five months, which um, that's a lot of work that I had to put in to kind of get that done behind scenes when I wasn't even sharing it with anyone. No one knew what was going on, but yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. I'm going to try to, I'm not, setting a uh a, um like a, a number that i want to hit with that account it's not like a 500 to you know 25k account it's just like a, a 500 account let's see where it goes if i blow it up i blow it up i'll be embarrassed i'm not going to but like that's possible and i'm going to be honest about everything so i mean if i take an l off the bat i take an l if i you know start to grow it pretty quickly and that's how it works it's going to be cool for people to be able to just follow along i, I think it's like the way we play options too is like we're in and out and like 10 minutes we're like scalping options like people don't understand that's like you can really manage risk doing that we're not you know what i mean it's not like people get this misconception like i said about options that they're super risky well yeah i mean depending on how you play them but a lot of overnights are risky oh yeah like i took remember did i told you i took those current calls through the weekend yeah i mean they did like 300 percent. but yeah um I, like that's not something I'd advise. Like I didn't alert that because I knew the risk involved. So yeah, he just alerted that to me because I'm a special, special friend. Yeah. No, but <laughs> but like 
that's what that's what we kind of want to talk about is those scalps like holding stuff really quickly because that's if you're at a like base price on an option where you know that it's bounced there before and it's it's knife down there today and it's starting to reverse once it reverses and confirms reversal the the risk there is really really low and you can ride that wave for five ten minutes and make uh, when the stock goes up 0.4 percent whatever it is um, if it's a large cap, then you can make like a solid like 7%, 10% on that on a very, very low risk in the money call, which that's kind of the way I've been doing it. And I've been making, you know, 5, 10, 20%ers pretty consistently. Also had a few losses in there. Um, I won't I won't shy away from that, but it is what it is. So I'm really excited to do that. What are you drinking, man? So I'm double fist in drinks. I have, um, I know you're going to be mad. I have... Their, get all the good shit. Yeah, I got their holiday. It's their holiday beer. It's um, cranberry, orange peel, cinnamon, and nutmeg. And it kind of it might sound it, but it's very good. And then I have, dude, I'm jealous. I have my seltzer. Ah, oh, dude, I like those. Sel- San Pellegrino. Those in look so good. The best. I'm jealous, man, because the monkey or what is it, Victory? They got that sour monkey that Hugh Henny always posts, and I'm a huge sour fan. Like sour very beers good. are my favorite. And bro, I want to try that so fucking. Yeah, bad. but look at what you got. You got something that I don't have. Yeah, that I want. Yeah. Oh, first off, bro, look at this thing. I think I showed you this already. The Frost Buddy. I might have even posted it on Twitter. This yeah, thing you... is absolutely solid. It gets so I got this tall, tall can. It fits the tall can, and then I just put this in if I need a. It's a seltzer, and then there's like those ridges in there. So a normal can fits in there. A seltzer, and like a, a neck beer also fits in there. But anyway. so it's like an all in one. Yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. If they were to sponsor us, that'd be dope, but they didn't respond to my email. It's kind of embarrassing to admit, but whatever. So this is Toppling Goliath. I'm not sure if anyone is like watching this from Iowa, but Toppling Goliath is like one of the best, um, I guess, like breweries in Iowa. There's a few of them that are like well known, but this one's kind of smaller. But uh, this is called the what is it? Dragon Fandango. And it's beer with mango, passion fruit, and dragon fruit. And it, like, tastes like a smoothie almost, like, with a little bit of sour beer on the end. It's so good, man. It tastes like mango, and I'm a huge mango guy. Yeah, it sounds very good. It's so good, man. It's, uh, like, smooth and fruity and sour at the same exact time, which is, like, everything that Wait, tell them how much it cost. Eight bucks a fucking can, dude. Dude. Eight bucks a can. You get a four pack here for eight dollars of like brewery beer. How the <laughs> yes. hell? It's because they don't have any good breweries in Iowa, dude. There's there's some, but like there's not many. So they get to like they get to jack their prices up because there's not that many that people are like like culty about. Like people aren't like, you know, there's not like ten that people are like this is awesome. There's only Toppling Goliath, Exile, and then like Big Grove, and those are like the big three. Eight dollars, Jesus Christ. That's like, it's fucking good, dude. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's high it. percentage too. They like, they like rack up their percents, but keep them smooth somehow. Well, I have a question. Quick, it's kind of random, but do you watch college football? Um, occasionally, I used to watch it a ton, but I watch it like, I'd say like a few games. I catch a few games. So, are you an Iowa fan? No, I used to be a big Iowa fan, big Hawkeye fan. Then I went to Iowa State for college, and mm-hmm. now I'm a Cyclone fan. But it hurts me every single fucking year, dude. Wait, the only reason I ask is because I'm near Penn State and aren't Penn State and Iowa or Iowa State in the same division? I don't know. I don't watch. Yeah, I don't watch college football, but. 
Yeah, Penn State and Iowa are in the same one. I think Penn State. Let me look up the score. Did they play already this year? Penn State's usually pretty good at football. Yeah, I really don't pay attention to college sports that much. I know people people will roast me or say, "Oh, college football is better than the NFL," but no, thank you. I don't agree with that one. Neither I do think, I. But... I think, dude, NFL is just like it's like the top level. I was gonna yeah. say, like ninety eight percent of people, kids in college, aren't gonna play in the NFL. That NFL is like it's yeah. good as it gets. And there's fantasy football, man. And fantasy football is so fun. Yeah, and I beat your ass twice already, I think. Nah, dude, I beat you by like point. No, you. No, I beat you, dude. First Fuck game. You. I think. I think. Let me look at this. I gotta go look at our. I think you somehow like, have a good record. Because my team is fucking good. You lost like the what first three mean? games. Because I'm a fucking comeback beast. I just wanted to trick you guys. I just mm. tanked my first three games so I could just like be a savage and fly all the way back. Let me look at this. Where am I? I'm the sack of Dak. My name is Sack yeah. of Dak because Dak Prescott is my quarterback. Yeah, you're in first and I'm straight up in second in our division. Yeah, I forgot we have divisions. I've never played it like that before. Divisions like that. And then Dan Didio Dips is in last. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and then who else is in here? We got the Stock Don. He's in fifth place. Um, I think Hawk. Hawk is in fourth. Alex Trades is in seventh. He's on. He's in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah, dude, dude is, I, I wish Alex would come on the podcast. I love Alex. He's dude. I'm gonna get him too. I'm Alex and him. SD, dude. I got like three people. SD. I get messages about getting that dude on the podcast. I know. Everyone's I like, love dude, SD, dude. SD. I'm gonna get him on there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna offer to like give him a calf implant surgery for free or something. He's like the he's like the most chill dude on yeah, on and Twitter. he's so like so real and so just like like cool. Like I guess he's just like he gives he spits facts, yeah, all the time. Okay, man, bullish versus bullshit. All right, everybody. So after our awesome interview with Jamie, we are about to run into bullish versus bullshit. We're not walking into it. We're not moving into it. We're running into it. This is everyone's favorite segment of the entire podcast. I get so many, so many messages. Maybe, maybe people will change their mind after our next segment, which is brand spanking new. But um, yeah, this is bullish versus bullshit. We're going to go over a few things quickly. We don't have specific stocks this time because... Um, it's been a while since we've done bullish versus bullshit. So we're going to talk like market, crypto, that kind of stuff, just to give everyone a quick overview. And then next week, we'll hop into more of uh, like specific stocks. If there's a cult ticker that everyone is talking about, like if there's a new CEI, a new wish, that kind of thing, we'll get onto that. But this one's going to be pretty quick. We're just going to talk um, SPY, QQQ, IWM, that kind of shit. So it's what are you thinking? I'm going to pull up the charts right now. What are you thinking about SPY right now? Because I know that we're kind of on a pullback and it's Turkey week. Usually Turkey week, um, people think is, you know, like a great week, the best week possibly of the year, but it's on a pullback. It was a rough last two days. So what are you thinking right now? Um, I know we've talked about this quite a bit and I've posted some charts on Twitter and stuff. Um, like in regards to, it's been pretty consistent where we've seen like a month, a month stretch, we have a nice run and then a two, three, four days of a pullback and then we start our run again. Um, and it kind of looked like we got that, um, the 12th of November to the, to really the 18th, 19th, we were doing pretty well. And then yesterday we fell about six or seven points. Today was half decent, but, um, I don't, it's, it's, we're in such a weird place. You know what I mean? It's just like, I I just feel like we are so overextended. <clears throat> yeah. um, 
but I thought that six months ago, I thought that, you know what I mean? So to me, it's, if we can continue in this, okay, we have a three, four day pullback run a month. Um, I think it gets scary though, into, into, um, second quarter next year, um, headed into the summer. That's when I'd kind of be like, listen, this might be time to relax a bit, but, uh, in regards to spy, I don't know. Uh, I just think we're pulling back like we do every two, three, four days. Um, and I know Thanksgiving week is historically pretty slow for pennies yeah. specifically. And we've seen a, sh- a shit ton of chop the last week, two weeks, um, and this week. So I've been playing a lot of like mid-large caps and they've done well. And um, But in regards to spy, that those are my thoughts. How about you? Is there a double top there? Like it's not it's not exact, but it looks like almost like a double top at like four seventy one. Let me look at it's pretty four, close four, on spy on the daily the past like two weeks. I mean, one of them is the wicks, and one of them is the body. But yeah, so as we approach that level again, that's just something you don't want to watch. It's like four seventy yeah. ninety eight, so essentially four seventy one. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, it broke above that yesterday. It just wicked back down. Um, for me, Spy, I kind of actually agree with you. I think we probably just keep running. Um, but then once we – because if you guys know, like, the market kind of the, – the rotation, it seems like Spy runs really well until the summer hits. And then when the summer breaks and it's fall, um, usually those are the two times where it's really risky, are end of summer and early fall. And I think that we're in for an absolute fucking molly wop one of these times. Like, I think we're going to like get like a big ass pullback. Um, but I would be looking towards next, next summer to next early fall. So not really much to worry about as of right now. And I know Powell got reelected. So that's kind of, he's like just the market pumper. He just keeps saying everything. We need Trump good. again. Yeah, dude, Trump would probably bring the Momo back first day back. Yeah, dude. How about, how about the D whack and all that shit? Yeah. We haven't even talked about that. I know that we, damn, dude, that was nuts. I know Incredible Bob called that shit early. Like, I think it was like 12 bucks. He called it, and then two days later, it was 120 all of a sudden. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I knew, like, Trump had, like, a cult like following, but, like, I didn't know it was, like, that fucking big, man. Like, it was just a huge snowball effect. Yeah. People just YOLO'd into that shit. Then Algos got on it. Then, like, Scalpers got on it. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you think same thing, probably heading into summer. That's when I, that's me. Like, that's personally when I would be a little bit cautious. Um, yeah, no I pro- actually agree hundred percent. I know. I actually think the IWM chart looks a lot better than spy right now. Um, yeah. I'm looking up that right now. Kind of, we got close to there. Our 50 day moving average had a nice little bounce today. I would have liked a green close on the daily. <clears throat> um, yeah. But I mean, it bounced completely off that like upper because it was it was in that zone for a while, and it like respected that today. Like it like dojied up because isn't that kind of a doji candle on the daily? Yeah, it is. Um, it like bounced completely up to where it needed to to be above that that resistance line from the past. Um, yeah, which that makes I think that's pretty cool. If it can if it can go go green tomorrow and then green again on Friday or at least stay above. And we might be in for a nice little run here because this pullback, I mean, nice refresher when it went to all-time highs and then pulled right back to to previous resistance and is using it as support. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I like the bounce today. I would have liked a green close on the daily. The thing I like yeah. to I like to watch for is okay, when IWM's going, are small caps going? Like are they, uh, they like, didn't today? Bro. No. Like that's that's kinda concerning sometimes is when you see that. Um you wanna see these these small caps and follow this. It's it's just like a good example is like miners and crypto or Bitcoin specifically. So like when miners or when Bitcoin's running, miners run. When Bitcoin pulls back, miners pull back. Um, it, it gets concerning when when IWM runs and, and pennies don't. So exactly. uh, you, that's what you want to look for. It's like you know that there's some weakness in like electric vehicles when electric vehicles aren't running uh, yeah. and Tesla is bonering. You know, you just got to keep keep an eye out for that kind of thing. Um, we were going to talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin and what we think about that crypto in general. But Bitcoin's the leader. Dude, um, shout out to Hive, my favorite swing right now. Hive, uh, dude, you've been. I know you've been talking about that for a little. Dude, time, I play this like few weeks. I play this like eight times. I played Hive like eight times. It falls twenty cents under four bucks. Pops ten cents above four dollars. I've just been playing it so much, but I really do like it long term. Um, All right, man. I'm gonna have to actually do some DD on it then, because I know people were talking about it in like a little group chat we have, but I haven't had time to do anything. I'm looking at the chart right now. Looks pretty good. I need, dude. You know what? I've been waiting to put you on hmm. Sava. I think you'd love to trade Sava. S A V A. This one is. It's a dude. It's it moves like 10% a day every single day. And it's like a $50 stock. So it's like, Oh, I have this charted it from when you mentioned it the first time. I yeah, think. bro. It's, it moves literally 10% a day. If you can just like wait for it to dip a few percent on like a strong market day, like you can, you can grab like a quick six to 8% easy. Or if like you want to short it cause it's a red market day and it's like up like 2%, you can short that shit so easy. It follows pretty quick and it sometimes it'll have big runs and big pullbacks, but usually you can just like, kind of gauge it. it doesn't move a ton a day like it doesn't like bone or 20 30 percent like a low float but it's a it's a nice trading vehicle i've been trading it like every single day for a few weeks i'm gonna start alerting it more because i usually like to trade stuff a few weeks what the hell happened on the 24th of august um yeah i think i think okay so in august let me look here real quick. it so, dropped yeah, like 24th i think they had like bad data for their alzheimer's thing because oh. They're like huge on Alzheimer's. They had good data, then bad data, then good data, then bad data. It's like back and forth. They've just been like people believe in them, then the sentiment shifts, then people like absolutely hate them because they like did something bad. I know they had like a couple investigations, that kind of shit. Sounds like a regular bio (laughs) stock. Yeah, exactly. Bios (laughs) are the fucking worst. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, you play them there anyway. Anyway, Bitcoin. Okay, so Bitcoin. I don't know. Listen, I was not expecting us to flush all the way down to uh, 55, um, especially how it was performing, I think, Saturday. It had like a really nice Saturday or Sunday or both. Um, And I was excited because I had a really good hive average. I'm like, okay, yesterday, which was Monday, hive's going to, I mean, Hive will follow Bitcoin and have a really nice day. And it fell 50 cents. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I think it hit 429 pre-market and pulled back like to to 380 or something. But uh, anyway, Bitcoin. Um, I like that it held above 55. I don't like that it fell all the way down to 55, though. Um, the, the, the issue now is it's going to have to reclaim 60. Um, yeah. It's hard because... 
I don't pull. I don't specifically play crypto outside of Shib, which doesn't really count. So it's hard for me. I know. Shout hey, out to Army, baby. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Givy and like Brady. I know they play crypto and they like analyze it a lot. Um, and say it follows technicals really well. So if it follows technicals really well, then for me, it obviously has to break above our nine day, uh, exponential moving average and then 50 day moving average sitting at about 65. Um, that's 60,500 it, but it needs to reclaim 60 for me. Um, technicals look good on it. So if it follows technicals, like MACD looks good. RSI looks good. Stochastics. So, yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just speaking the chart here, trying to put everything that you said into work in my head. I don't know, man. It looks it looks it's kind of like falling wedging right now, which is not bad. Um, I like to close. I like to. It's hard to say close on the daily because it's open. Yeah, you can trade it twenty four seven. But I like this daily candle. But again, it's going to meet resistance at sixty and the ninety yeah. the ninety EMA. Yep. Yep. Yeah, when the 9 EMA, I, what I'm seeing is the 9 EMA on the daily, the 50 MA on the daily, and then I think that's the EMA 20 are all lining up at right around 60K. Like they're one that's going like to be tough. Five, another one is like 60, 65. So like it's, they're all lining up right around 60K. So it's, it's, it does kind of have a, like it's, I don't know, it's a falling wedge. It's kind of a double bottom depending on how you rate things with wicks and bodies, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, 60 is going to be really, really tough for it to break. Um, well, there's two ways to look at it, not to cut you off. Oh, um, you're good, man. In regards to like when all your moving averages and shit are stacked like that. So you're all your, you got three different moving averages stacked at 60. You have 60, which is a huge psych level. So one of two things are going to happen. It's going to get rejected pretty hard. Or if it busts through, it's really going to go. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. those are the ways you would approach it. So if this was a regular stock, say I was in a stock at $4 and all those moving averages and shit are stacked at $4.50, I would undercut that and put a sell in wait like 5 10 cents under that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, but exactly. That's kind of off topic, but that's what you would want to look for in this. Yeah, if you if you go to the hourly, man, it it has an inverse um cup and handle. Like it's which I'm not going to lie, man. I think cup and handles have been hot in the market lately. Like pattern has been fucking popping the past like two or three months. I've noticed if there's a cup and handle, it's like worked more than a inverse head and shoulders. F-cell. Um, if you like cup and handles, look at F-cell, F-cell. Yeah. I was actually looking at that earlier today. It's got an inverse cup and handle, but I don't know. Bitcoin, I'm kind of like impartial on it. I'm going to say for the for Bitcoin, I'm going to go. I'm going to go bullshit. I think, I think we leg down. I really do. I think all the stuff stacked there, the inverse cup and cup and handle paired with kind of this pullback that's going on. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna pull back again. So I'm going bullshit. Don't you short my hive? <laughs> don't, don't you short my hive? <laughs> oh, dude. Um, I mean, I got something to tell you, Ant. So you know that hive? Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, bro. But just murder my hive position. <laughs> I get like all of the short people I know in on it and just fucking stack walls. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, I think, I think bullshit on Bitcoin and crypto as of right now, like maybe, maybe in a week or two, I'll be, I'll be thinking differently and then bullish on the market until next, next yeah. summer-ish. All right. So I'm not excited for this, but we have a, a new, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
a new little segment that we're doing. I know people like to like chip challenge, even though it destroyed you and I for like days. Um, Anuses. Yeah, bad dude. But um, we're going to do a little trivia section each episode. And we have this little wheel thing that we have different things on. So like, um, I'll pull it over in a second this week. It's like the cinnamon challenge. It's, it's a, it's a bunch of different, different shit. So, um, I think that'll be fun, but I'm not looking forward to it. And I, it's just going to be a random trivia question. Like it's going to be so yeah. random. So I know Teddy has the question for us, but I'm not looking forward to doing it. It, um, like oh, and if we both view. get it wrong, it's we're both doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do it. The way we're going to do it is Ant's going to have his own question. And then if he gets it wrong, he gets he has to do it. But then I'm going to ask or I'm going to answer a question in that same exact time frame. And then we both have to do the same challenge if we both get it wrong. It's like you'll just, you'll just have to watch. But um, there's a crown jewel on here that I kind of figured we had to have one thing that was like really, really bad. And that is eat a raw egg i've never done that in my entire life i never planned to ever in my entire life unless i have to you know do this damn trivia wheel but i i hate oh raw eggs i hate raw eggs so dude you know i hate eggs too like (laughs) i like i hate cooked eggs (laughs) i'm nervous for if if we get it wrong and we both have to eat a raw egg on camera i might like i'm gonna throw up i'm gonna have to i have a mini trash can right here if we get it wrong i'm cutting this and then spinning it again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if we don't do a raw egg then um, you know why yeah all right man so i got the little i just pulled up a quizlet trivia here in the future maybe we'll do like stock related stuff but mm-hmm. for right now Aunt, your question is who is the youngest kardashian slash jenner bro are you kidding me <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh, man i clicked the shuffle. youngest clicked what do you mean like are we talking kids I wait. Are we talking kids? Like th- th- their I children? Think it's, I think it's the children of Caitlyn Jenner when it when she was Bruce and Chris. Is it Chris Kardashian? Chris Jenner? So there, they had kids, and I have to guess the youngest out of them. Yeah, yeah bro, so like... I I have the easiest <laughs> question for you. <laughs> you hit me with that. Okay, all right. Let me think. Wait, wait. You have a question for me? Wait, I thought we were doing two questions. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> I was, dude, I was, oh, fuck. All right. You got you got this. I know. Just know one of the Kardashians, their name. The youngest one. The youngest one. There's only like five, I think. I don't know. I used to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians with my mom when I was like 12. Wait, um. Is it Kylie Jenner? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Kylie. Thank God, dude. Bro. I thought it was Kendall. I'm not gonna lie. I would have said Kendall. She's Wait, which the one's that? One. I don't know. I just know she's a real skinny one. So I thought she was the youngest. I know Kylie Jenner. I know Kim. Obviously, who's the one that dates all the NBA players? You know who I'm talking about? Is that is that Kendall? Oh, maybe. I know Kendall, Kim, and Kylie. And then I know that there's one of them that they all hated. And then one of them is oldest. One of them dated the dated Scott Disick, and the only reason I know that yeah, is yeah, because yeah. that's the old one. That's the old one. He has a super dope clothing brand that's so like talentless. It's called, and I have some hoodies from him. He's kind of savage, dude. He's hilarious. Oh my god, he's so funny. All right, Ant. What is my fucking question, bro? This is so straight. easy. 
I'm ready. Who is the leading scorer in NBA history? We uh, talked about this before, me and you. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this wrong because there's a name in my head that I'm like 99% sure is wrong. Dude. Is it? I think it's the person who wrote a book about sleeping with a bajillion ladies. Is it Wilt Chamberlain? Er, dude. Fuck, what is it? It's Kareem. Me and you talked about this before. Fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Didn't he even play for the Bucks? Yeah, wait, yeah, but I, dude, I wasn't a Bucks fan until like two years, no, not two years ago, like five years ago. You were a Bucks fan last year when they won it? Yeah, that was when I became a fan. No, no, no. I, be- I became a fan in high school because I needed to choose a team, and everyone was like, Giannis is going to be good, be a Bucks fan. Oh, wait, we're, okay, I hope this pulls over. Is it the, oh, All right, I have it on my screen, I'm, <laughs> wait, bro, <laughs> how are you going to see it? <laughs> Can you share your screen? <laughs> no, I'm just going to have to tell you, bro, and be honest. He's going to tell me I had the fucking egg. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> no, no, bro, right. I trust you. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm going to spin you. it right now. Oh, it's I'm spinning. Feeling sad. Oh. I'm feeling sad. Bro, it's six, all, it's six raw eggs. Oh, past raw egg. Oh, my raw God, egg. it's raw egg. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm no, it's not. Bro. I'm sending you a picture. It's raw egg. I swear to God. You're fucking kidding. Look at your text messages. Oh my god, that sucked. <laughs> Dude, you're fucking kidding. Look at your text. I swear to God. Oh my. Yeah, go I've get your egg. I've never done this before, dude. I've, I'm gonna I've go e- get my egg. I've put raw eggs in smoothies. You can't taste them, but that doesn't matter, really. What are the chances? What are the chances it actually lands on that, bro? That was the one I was fucking terrified of, man. I was, I'm like, I'm cool with all the rest of them. Okay, here's my fucking shot glass. Here's the face of death, right? Fucking there, dude. I don't even know what the consistency is gonna be like. I'll show you. Don't worry. Oh. What? You got a feather in it? Oh no, dude. You got a shell in it? Oh no, man! I've never done this, and I never will ever again. Look at that! Ew, it's dude! On the edge, bro. That looks like a that looks like a loogie, bro. <laughs> I don't think I can do it, man. You gotta just throw it back and swallow it. That's what she said. <laughs> just literally throw it in the back of your throat. I legitimately like. I'm gonna throw up thinking about it. Man. You need something I to chase a, out with. You need like. <laughs> I have a, I have a like a, a Lacroix right here, bro. This is worse than the chip challenge, man. It tastes salty. Maybe put Lacroix in your mouth and then. <laughs> <laughs> That'll ruin Lacroix for me forever. Wait, did you say it tastes salty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that noise. <laughs> Dude, it got in the back of my throat and then my throat like rejected it. Bro, I gotta break that down in slow-mo when I'm editing this. <sighs> that egg. Did it, did it come out of my mouth? Did you see it? I don't know. It happened so fast. Alright, everyone. It I was... went in my mouth and fucking came out. What's it taste mouth? like? What's it taste oh. like? Anything? Slime? Like Bro, slime. eggs might be ruined for you after that. 
I gotta go throw this away. That's disgusting. <laughs> Dude, it was slimy and the yolk got stuck in my throat. Yeah, bro, that's disgusting. That was why it wouldn't go that's down. Just, I just saw you fucking projectile it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, man, it's time for your second question. Oh, we're doing two questions? Oh, yeah, dude. There's there's going to be two of them. Maybe oh. even three. All right, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Wait, let me get another question for you. Dude, my, my question for you, I feel like it's pretty easy. I mean... <sighs> yeah, not the last one wasn't. <laughs> I'm just flipping through them and trying to find uh, a decent middle-of-the-road one. Oh, dude, this one's easy. I feel like you'll know this one. Um, all right. All right. In 2016, what fad went viral by keeping people completely motionless? Keeping it was like a videos, videos on like Twitter, TikTok, that kind of shit. Wait, can I ask questions? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a yes or no answer. Was it the one where they danced then? I don't know. I, I Harlem that's... Shake. Is it Harlem Shake? No. Oh. <laughs> What was it? Mannequin challenge. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's where they, they would do the videos where they would like take the, the camera and then all of a sudden the people would be like, stop moving in like a position that they were dancing or some shit like Bro, that. Bro, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. All right. I'm going to fucking ace this question. All right. One second. I have to find one quick. I'm going to... I can assure everyone that I'm not getting this one wrong. By the grace of God, I will not. Get All this right, this wrong. one's this one's easy. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the capital of Pennsylvania, my state? There's an obvious answer, and it starts with a P. Oh no! Oh no! There's two that start with P. Pittsburgh. Dude. Is it Philly? No, it's neither of those. What is it? (laughs) It's Harrisburg, bro. Fucking Harrisburg? (laughs) I've never heard of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of Harrisburg. Pittsburgh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we both have to. fucking wheel for both of us, I guess. Bro, if it lands on a raw egg, we're not doing that. No, we're doing a different one. I have a headache from that raw egg, from it fucking making me feel like I'm going to throw up. Okay, I got it spinning, bro. I hope it's cinnamon or marshmallow. Those it's, two are the least. It's hor- horseradish. That's, that's oh, not bad. I love horseradish. Let me go get it. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking love horseradish. So, Dude, I eat a lot of horseradish when I make sandwiches. Whoa, yours is fucking red? Hey, can you see that? Oh, it has beets, too. This is mine. Mine's just normal horseradish. I should have got mine with beets in it. That looked fucking good. How big of a spoonful are you taking? Oh, I'm getting a real spoonful in. All right, I'll get a pretty good one, too. Everybody, we want you to comment a name for this wheel game as well, because in our in our little schedule, mine says Wheel of Demise. And yeah, that's got to change. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's got to go, so... Dude, this is going to be hot as fuck. That's a real spoon, spoonful. 
Mine's pretty good. I'm not going as big as yours because I have a fucking raw egg in my... All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, dude, I could do another one. That was pretty good. Bro, easy. I could eat horseradish all day. I'm actually going to eat more. That was pretty fucking good. You ever have... um? My mom used to make prime rib. And then yep, you get that like, sauce. Oh my god, it's so good. Fucking love that, dude. That and uh, horseradish cheese. You can get like white cheddar with horseradish in it. So good. Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, horseradish. Uh, get, I expected we, that to be hotter. Bro, we gotta do wasabi. Oh, that'll fuck me up. That'll <clears> clear my sinuses up. See, I, I, I don't like wasabi. And that's like, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but. Next time we got to do a hot pepper, like some like crazy hot one. They sell ghost peppers at my grocery store. Ooh, they don't sell those here. You know what I had last week though? That was, I'd never had before a dragon fruit, a real one. They're pretty good. It was okay. It was like, it was kind of just like a kiwi with like, maybe like some like pineapple or mango in there, but I've had ones that aren't ripe and they're horrible. So it it really depends. I ate half of it when it wasn't ripe and it tasted like shower cleaner. (laughs) And then the other half when it was ripe and it was pretty damn good. Dang, that wasn't too bad. That horseradish, I was I was pretty cool with that. Do you like pears, bro? Yeah, I love pears. Bro. Like, they have to be ripe, though. Such an underrated fruit. <laughs> they're top five when they're, like, juicy and ripe. When they're not, they just taste like a shitty apple, though. Pears and plums, dude, when they're ripe. Oh, my God. Plums Ooh, are so good. Plums are fucking good, dude. I'll second that one real quick. Those are so good. All right, man. Well, that's that's the first episode of uh, of season two. So, I think I think... We want to thank everyone for, for tuning in. Um, there's going to be a ton to come. We got some guests lined up as in, you know, Stock Swing Alert, Incredible Bob will come back on. We're going to try to get Mitch Picks back on, Rodessa back on, all those people, plus a few new, you know, Shark. new lifestyle. Yep, SD, SD and Alex, please. I know some people. You are the two that we need. We need you in our lives this season. We need oh, you to hop on here. I need Yates to get on too. <clears throat> yeah, Yates, this is your this is your official call out. We need you on the podcast. But uh, if you're listening to this, Yates, Yates investing. Some people I understand. Some people just don't like. I mean, it's not their thing. Yeah. So and I mean, I don't got anything against that. Just just come on one time, and then you guys can decide after the fact. And then we're gonna yeah, we're gonna do lifestyle people too, like that rapper. Um, we're gonna try to line up a few more lifestyle just to you know put a break in between all of the all the education that we're launching out because education is fun and all. But it's not as fun as fun. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a good was first a episode. Um, yeah. My new webcam will be here next episode, thank God, because my face is, like, glowing horribly. I don't know why. Like, there's nothing on Golden light. hour. It's just always golden hour when ants around. Yeah, it's they just, just always, always shine the, the gold. I don't understand, but once that gets here, the quality will be way better. Yeah. I'm going to try to get a new, uh, new uh, what's it? What's that called? Is that a camera? No camera too. Yeah, webcam. And then I'm gonna maybe try to like get like somewhere where I can put this like right here, so it's like way. Clear. That's what I need to do. The arm. Yeah, one of those things. I might just whittle one out of a log. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, bro, you're like, or dude, maybe I can get my girlfriend to come in here and hold it the entire episode, just like, <laughs> right bro. here, and then like <laughs> CGI her out of it. You get a mannequin and t- dog tape it. <laughs> Hey, it's the mannequin challenge. Ant will never forget that. That would. Yeah, how is? I didn't even know that was a thing, dude. 
I said I Harlem have, Shake. You would know that. The Harlem Shake. Do you remember Gangnam Style, man? When everyone yes. was over here going, yeah, yeah, bro. I remember that. I remember like planking and shit. Planking, bro. Bro, who thinks of things like that? And and how do they go viral, bro? I don't know, man. It's like the same type of, of shit as like the the one stock people decide to push is GameStop. Who the fuck thought of that? <laughs> like, like, I know yeah. it was deep fucking value, but like, yeah. holy shit. That's Just funny. Crazy. All right. Well, uh, give us that like, give us that sub, uh, comment, a name for the wheel game. We need that desperately. Maybe we'll even like do a reward for the person who comments the best name. Maybe we'll send you guys a shirt. Maybe, you know, something cool like that. We're going to be coming out with merch again. So maybe you'll get some free shit if you give us a dope wheel name. But uh, yeah, thank you. Um, we will we'll be back next week. Much love. Yeah, thanks everybody.